Verdadores. A dedicated dad and long-distance parent, I'm raising two boys in two countries, and in each episode, I invite another dad to join me in a podcast adventure to talk about our journey as parents. We will discuss the messiness of modern dadding and the challenges of long-distance parenting. My name is Blue, and I am a dad without borders. Welcome back to the show. And today I want to talk about skiing and how that how adventurous activities in general can relate to everyday parenting and a few tips and tricks of how to ski with a young child. Um, But first, I just wanted to mention for anybody that hasn't listened to the show before, you may not be aware, but I have an eight and a half year old boy, my eldest boy, who lives in the UK with his mum not by my design, but it means that I have to be really creative as a parent. And I've shared many tips and tricks over the last year or so doing this podcast. And I will make an effort to do more solo casts like this um, with specific um, ideas around how to tackle distant parenting. But today, um, something came up in the last two weeks and today I want to share that with you, which is I, and this is going to sound a bit kooky and a bit woo-woo uh, for some people, but I've bought and plan to use a dream journal because I dream a lot and I like writing. I like creative writing and it's just a fun way to sort of be creative, but also gives me something else um, to talk about with my boy overseas. Um about the dreams that he has, just a deeper way to connect with him. And like I say, it won't be for everyone, um, but I actually found it really fun. I was surprised how interested he was listening to some of my crazy dreams. And the next day, or a couple days later, um, when I shared with him the idea of this dream journal, and um, we were talking about some of my dreams, and he actually videoed himself First thing in the morning, it was probably six o'clock or six thirty in the morning. There, it was still dark, um, and so he was sort of this shadowy figure in the video, telling me what he j- had just dreamed about, um, and it was super cool. And was yeah, it was kind of as you would imagine. Uh, it didn't quite make sense, but I pieced it together, and it was you know a really fun, adventurous dream. Lots of animals involved, and yeah. What the message of that dream is, I have no idea, but it was just really fun that he woke up and immediately wanted to record himself and uh, send me a little video sharing, you know, what he remembered immediately as he woke up. So, yeah, it's just another, it's kind of random, but it's another way to connect with a kid when we're so far apart, you know, on a deeper level, like what's going on in our mind, you know, when we're sleeping. It's kind of a fun thing to share. So I just wanted to mention that. Anyway, on to skiing. And yeah, some of the things that come up for me skiing as a parent that relate to everyday events and just life in general. First of all, it would be letting go. Like there's a lot of letting go you have to do on the mountain to trust. That's a big one. So letting go and then trusting your kid uh, 
to make good choices as they're skiing down the hill you know communicate effectively you know let me know when they're feeling uncomfortable um, make sure that I am the safe place for them so that no matter what I'm there for them you know they can melt down that's fine they can freak out and cry I'm going to hold them I'm going to let them have that moment that doesn't happen too much although it did happen at the beginning a lot uh, but I pushed through and yeah it's not easy so you know that's another thing too patience so it really tests your patience as a as a parent it doesn't need to be skiing it could be ma- it could be mountain biking you know obvi- mountain biking appropriate for the age of the kid of course um it could be skateboarding could be playing soccer in a field could be going on a hike could be um swimming in a lake you know the fear of deep water there's so many activities in an outdoor environment that could relate to the skiing um what's great too is that you have to adapt your approach so if something isn't working you need to you need to change it because what i found is like if i if there's one way that i want to teach something on the ski hill or do something um, whether it actually be skiing or getting on a lift or just walking from a to b whatever it is i might have to adapt my approach um as opposed to yeah, whatever it might be. It could be walking in ski boots. He doesn't want to walk in ski boots. And I'm just going to stand there and demand that he walks and that I won't carry him, for example. Like, he can go on my shoulders. I can get a toboggan. I can pull him on his skis. I can drive him and drop him off with his mum at the lodge. There's, like, different ways of approaching things. So always adapting my approach. I find that's really important. Um, and then giving him the independence. So allowing him for example skiing ahead of me means that he can make choices for himself he can choose which line he can choose where he's going to turn which line he's going to take i may guide him if i think something might not be safe but otherwise even on a big wide open slope he's still choosing where he's turning and where you know which direction he's moving and so i think giving him that autonomy is really important and not always a comfortable thing to do as a parent with a young child. So at the ski hill, I'm really setting him up for success in that sense. Um, So yeah, I've successfully introduced both my boys to skiing at a young age. Both started at the age of two. Um, There's a big difference between them, which has been really interesting. They're both very physical and athletic, um, you know, like many young kids, really. Uh, But yeah, very good at picking up any sport very quickly, but they react very differently to instruction and to me. Um, So how did I do it? And I wanna share some tips and tricks and some thoughts about the bigger lessons of parenting that are a byproduct of the experience that we both share as a father and son. Often people ask if I put them in lessons and the answer is never. Um, This is my time with them and this is our, our experience to share together. Um, I respect any parent wanting instruction and coaching from a professional, uh, but for me, because I'm passionate about skiing uh, and I have years of outdoor education experience or or outdoor instruction experience specifically around, you know, climbing and canoeing and other activities, to me, this would be outsourcing my parenting because I have the skills to teach a sport. So this is my time. And is it easy? Hell no, it's not. Um, it is not easy and particularly with my second boy uh, a lot of meltdowns in the first few days 
Um, but after a few sessions at the mountain, it's surprising what they can do and how fast they can learn and how you can adapt your, I'll say parenting style, but teaching style um, to make sure that it works and that everybody has a good time. So a ton of patience. If there's nothing else, this will teach you as a parent to really breathe into, you know, being patient and giving them space and not having expectations. And I think that's really, really important as a parent. In general, um, expectations are a terrible thing to put on a kid. It's hard as a parent to not have expectation. And I did have big expectations because my first boy, um, he adapted very quickly to the mountain environment and was very quick to, um, to get on the big mountain chair. So that's the big lift that goes up and you're committed to doing like, you know, a 15 minute rundown with a small kid. Um, it's a big deal. So we went from the bunny hill to the big lift in one day within like two, two runs on the bunny hill, the kiddie hill, baby hill call it what you will. Um, and then we were on the big chair. So that was very quick. My other one, meltdown, meltdown, meltdown. Just forget about it. He was not going anywhere near that big chair. There's no chance I would have taken him anywhere near it. Um, not easy. But his learning curve has been incredibly fast. So in no particular order, I'm going to offer some ideas that help to get this three-year-old within a few short sessions skiing on the big lift. Um, so the first point to make is keep it fun. Uh, you have to let go of your expectations. Get them to think of it as being a fun environment to be in. Pull them onto the toboggan, buy them fries with ketchup, play in the snow, watch the other skiers. Get them excited about going to the resort and talk about it a lot at home. And maybe even show them pictures of you doing it and just build the fun. Both my boys were visiting the ski hill from about a year. And from 18 months, they were probably allowed to eat the odd fry too. Um, and yeah, just watching the skiers, it just became a fun thing to go and do. Um, get out of the bubble in the winter and go up to the ski hill. Um, so when they're old enough and you decide to introduce them to it, age two or three, uh, think about your gear. So thermals, obviously, good ski gear, warm gloves. Um, you could rent gear, hire gear. You don't have to necessarily buy it, but it is cheap and easy to get secondhand gear. Um, they can't ever get cold, you know, that's it. They have to have warm gear. Um, so test it out in the yard before you get up there. Take lots of snacks and water. Make sure you have some special treats. There's treats that my kids literally only get on the ski hill. And you could take that to the skate park. You could take it to the mountain bike trails. You could take it to the canoe on the lake. There's certain treats they only get when we're doing those activities because it's like a reward. It's going to keep giving them energy. Um, I don't sugar them up too much, though, because uh, they're going to crash. And what happens then? They have a meltdown. So one thing that I take, which is particular to uh, our skiing, is dried mango. They love it. Both boys. Dried mango. Brilliant. Test it beforehand. Make sure they like it. But... Yeah, I know that that's the treat that's going to work. So that's what I have stashed, a big packet of that in my pocket. I don't overdo it because they're going to crash. So I make sure I mix it up with, you know, an orange, a cheese sandwich, you know, whatever. Um, a banana, some cheese, something other than just the mango. But the mango is that special thing that we're going to treat them with. Um, 
pack light with just essentials. So I just take, like I take a change of clothes in case he has an accident. He's still skiing in diapers. Um, yes, believe it or not. Um, he is toilet trained. That's a whole other episode. Um, and I'm not very good at toilet training. It's not, it's definitely not where I shine with parenting. Um, but yeah, so he's still in diapers there just in case he has the accident. Um, but yeah, so I plan my attack. As parents, you have to. You've got to drop the skis off. You've got to divide and conquer if there's two parents. One parent takes the gear. One parent takes the kid. We make sure that we're not on top of each other so that we're not that energy between two parents and a kid or two kids. Um, it's like one parent takes on one task and I take on the other. In this case, I take the kid on with his ski gear and getting him ready. And mum's taking the food and the snacks and just kind of getting out of the way for a little bit initially. Um, so yeah, we agreed that on arrival, I take on the ski boots and all the rest of it. Um, I focus on changing at the hill by the truck so that we're already ready to go and go straight to the lifts. So avoiding the lodge initially, because if we go in there, we could get sucked in and distracted and then it might be hard to get them out. So I just keep the energy really amped up from the vehicle to the ski lift. And that's where we're heading. We're like, and right from the beginning, and that's our routine. He knows that when we leave the truck, we're getting our ski, I'm gonna drop the skis off first, or his mum is, and we're gonna pick the skis up and go straight to the lift. Um, I do make it kind of fun getting him from the vehicle to the lodge. So he goes on my shoulders usually now, is one thing. Uh, before we have a toboggan, so we pull the toboggan, I can pull him on the skis. I just think of ways to make it fun. I'm not gonna force my kid maybe even when he's four years old, to, to walk in his ski boots to the lodge. It's way too hard work. Um, I don't particularly like it. I'd rather be on my skis. So yeah, I'll pull him on his skis. I'll do whatever. I don't even necessarily, and I get it why people do this, I don't even really make him carry his skis. Um, but he's stubborn, so he may want to do that, and he does sometimes. But yeah, I just want to make it easy for him. Make it easy, make it fun. Like there'll be a time where he has to carry his skis, of course, when he has this baby brother, the younger one. And my eldest at eight years old, like he can carry his skis. But initially when they're young, three, four, I'm going to help them out as much as I can. But I pack light. Like I'm not that person carrying like two duffel bags, big duffel bags of gear into um, the lodge. I just take exactly what I need, which is really a change of clothes for him, a spare goggles and spare gloves for him. Maybe, you know, another warm top, but that's kind of it. I've got water and snacks and we're just good to go. Keep it light. Um, and a spare diaper because, yeah, unfortunately, he is still skiing in a diaper at this point. So, yeah, avoid the, the lodge, go straight to the lifts, um, take snacks with you and just keep the snacks and keep the water going. Just like regular drip feed them um, because that's what they need. Um, I mentioned the mango. So with when we go on the bunny hill, when he we don't do that anymore we progress quickly but on the bunny hill i pretend that we're a mango train um so we're a mango train on the hand you could be on one of those carpets that moves you could be on a hand toe so you're holding that you know you're being pulled up the the kitty hill um so in those kind of environments i pretend we're a train we're a mango train and i'm full of mango i'm the cargo we choose a name. He's usually Thomas. He can choose. I can be Percy, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm fully getting into it. Um, and we're a mango train. And I even as we're going up um, on the handle toe, I'll be, I'll be making train sounds. 
and as we're going, I'm making train sounds. I'm reminding him when we get the stop, the top, we're going to go to the mango station. That means that when we get off at the top, we we do one. This is something I found really works well. We traverse the slope and stop. So he gets used to it. every time we do it, we traverse the slope and stop. So I know that he knows how to get across the slope and stop. Stopping is the key for me. And so when we do that, we traverse the slope, we stop, we sit down, we haven't gone anywhere and we start eating mango. I don't want him to think the treats are at the bottom because I want it, I want to get him to the top of the hill every time. And so that's what we do. Not a ton of mango because he's going to get that sugar crash, but enough to like get him stoked to be at the top of the hill. In terms of how do we traverse and stop, this is the big one. Now I have to shout out to a guy called Dylan, who's the head coach at Whitewater Ski Hill, where we ski, who many years ago told me, teach them how to, don't teach them the, some people call it the plow, or here they usually say the pizza wedge. He said to me, don't teach that. What you want to do is you want to teach them big snake turns as they go down the mountain so that they can so they get used to using their edges and then eventually they'll just naturally parallel turn. So don't get them into bad habits. So by just traversing the hill and stopping, and what I do to teach him that is I just say, right, follow me. And initially I put my ski pole to the side of me and he holds that. So he essentially has a bar in front of him he holds and we ski parallel together across the slope. And as I go across the slope, I then turn my skis like across the slope. So we, we have to point down to go down, of course, and traverse across. But then I just literally sweep my skis across and point it to the trees on the other side. So if you're a skier, you know what I mean. Like you're actually going to stop by doing that. So that's what we do. And we do it again and again and again and again. And so my kid very quickly understands stopping. Traverse, stop, traverse, stop, traverse, stop. Again and again and again. And it's a short slope. So you know, and you, it's fun because you're seeing your kid progress, but they will be able to do it. Now, if that doesn't work initially, because you, they're just traversing back and forth isn't really what they want to do, then I just get them to hold the pole. And we go down together again, doing big snake turns. And we just do that again and again and again. And we had to do it probably for about six days, six days worth of visiting, doing the same thing again and again. We're a train going up, we traverse across the slope, we sit down, we eat mango, we then do these big snake turns together with me holding my pole to the side. And then when he feels confident, I pull the, I literally take the pole away, but still ski alongside him. And then if he gets scared or goes too fast, I can just quickly put the pole in front of him and I can slow him down um, by putting a turn in. So that works really well. And I have ski, and again, I'd ski between, I would ski with him between my legs. So that's something else we would do as well early on. Um, so we'd mix it up between the two, either between my legs or to the side of me holding the pole. And both, both those uh, options work great. And I just keep telling him French fries, French fries, French fries. Keep your skis straight. And I have a wedgie at the front. So I have this little rubber wedgie you can get from any ski shop that connects the two it holds the tips together there's a gap between them but it does hold the tips together um it's a bit awkward for them sometimes having that on but i find in general they have a little bit more control to begin with and with that on even though you tell them french fries they're still going to find that pizza wedge occasionally they'll naturally kind of end up using it by default 
So you don't need to teach them it. They're going to do that anyway. So the best thing to do is keep teaching them French fries. I've got, I've had, this is my second boy. It's worked with both of them, even though they're, the second one's very headstrong. What I've found is if I tell him to follow me, which is the ideal thing on the bigger slopes that we do, he won't follow me. So he's still turning, but he just kind of goes his own way and he just doesn't follow. And I don't think he's always necessarily doing it on purpose. He just, he's in his own zone. He's, he can't be focused on me. He needs to be focused on where he's going. And so what I've ended up doing is I ski behind him. So what the cool thing with that is, is I'm right there. I can speak to him. I can say turn when I want him to turn. Um, I can catch up quickly if I need to, because I'm pretty close behind him. Um, and I also give him some space. Sometimes I trust him to go ahead on the easy section. But yeah, it works really well because what I've noticed is it's building his confidence and his independence. Um, and so I like that in that it gives him more freedom. And you see it when he comes home then. He wants to do everything by himself, whether it be get dressed, go to the toilet. Um, so it's a great way for them to learn, I think, and learn that trust as well. Because he's happy to do that because he knows I'm pretty close. I don't think he'd be happy going down on his own, not having me um, as a support you know, is it his safety net, essentially? Um, so we're right there. But I definitely give him space. I don't try and like, over talk to him. Like once I know he can stop, the only other thing I want is to make sure he keeps turning. Like a lot of kids will want to go straight. It's easier. It's fun to go fast. But that's how they'll hurt themselves or scare themselves. So I'm pretty close on him. And the other thing I do too, is I actually give him um, like a reward and he always forgets actually I say right every five turns you get an animal cracker or some sort of treat and honestly he forgets but he actually in the moment he will remember to count those turns and you know it's like one two three four five animal cracker and he keeps shouting as he goes down so we try and make it fun in that sense so yeah I'm back to trust which I mentioned earlier um, yeah it's really important and I have one rule which is um, when we're up there, he has to listen and it's for his safety. And I make it really clear that that's why he has to listen. Um, if he doesn't, then he gets less freedom and I will hold him as we ski. But if he wants to ski on his own and ski in front of me, he has to listen. Um, and yeah, I keep telling him it's about safety and I don't want him to get hurt. So with my first boy, when he was the first year he skied, I did use a harness um, it made the first year much easier, um, but he didn't learn about stopping and turning until I ditched the harness. And I did that, but I got rid of the harness because eventually I almost bailed on him. I almost fell on him as my ski caught an edge because I'm doing tight turns and it, I don't know, I got caught up. Happened a couple of times. And so I decided to ditch the harness. Um, and actually the race coach did say to me, he said straight away, as soon as he saw me with a harness, ditch the harness um it had it has its place i mean each to their own um so what else can i say well i as i say i always shout at him french fries keep the parallel turns use your edges um and yeah the, he does listen and he is doing it um it's not perfect but i've realized that at this point perfect we don't need perfect we just need to get down the hill effectively and safely um, and make sure we're all having a good time because that's what it comes down to. Oh, and I would say too, for anyone doing any activities really, when they've had enough, they've had enough. Don't push them for more. Um, 
because if you make it fun, eventually you'll be trying to drag them off the hill. I promise you, you will. It could be biking. It's the same thing, biking, actually. Um, yeah, because now it's like, because what's going to happen is they're going to crash. They're going to get tired. They're going to get hungry. They're going to remember you getting mad or frustrated. You don't want that. Happened to me a couple of times of getting really frustrated with my kid the first time. And yeah, I just had to take a deep, few deep breaths um, and step back and realize that actually today isn't about me. It's about them. And eventually it'll, it will be about us together. But initially it has to be about the kid. Um, so my second boy, like I said, he quick to melt down. If he crashes, even if it's the slowest, like, you know, most gentle crash, he will still freak out. He's getting better, though. Um, so it's good. He's working through his emotions. Um, so we're still working on this. And he's got a lot better, um, partly because I've taught him uh, about breathing. Um, I always keep it light and enthusiastic, too. So I always keep it upbeat. Um and yeah, try and just keep keep the fun, keep the fun going, you know, keep, don't start kind of, I don't know, getting, being hard on them. It's very tempting to do that and get frustrated with them when you know they can do something too. Uh, so now we practice breathing. I will tell him it's okay to cry, buddy, but also let's try breathing. So we do three deep breaths and we do this at home now as well, where we breathe through the nose, a long breath and then, or yeah, a long breath in hold it and then breathe out three times uh, and it's making a difference so he's learning how to regulate his emotions in some circumstances anyway um, you know just the practice of slowing down for a moment rather than reacting straight away and it usually does the trick uh, for a boy that's very reactionary um, he will come back from a meltdown very quickly and then sometimes in instantaneously actually um, but part of that is due to me not reacting and pushing back so just allowing it, holding space, teaching him a couple of simple techniques. Um, right now, the three breaths helps really well. Um, yeah, and my, a big reminder too, from my experience with both my boys, we're all very different. Uh, and what works for one might not work for the other. So keep adapting and changing things. Um, and then even plus even six months difference you know, at that sort of young age, it makes a huge difference. You know, one was two and a half when he started and one was two. At the age of two, he couldn't do much uh, compared to my two and a half year old when he started. Oh, sorry. My eldest boy, when he started, he was two and a half and he was very capable very quickly. Uh, so, yeah. So my the second season with my youngest and, you know, it's been pretty successful. It's been a steep learning curve. And a good, yeah, and the, the other thing I would say too, when we go skiing, it's like at 45 minutes to an hour. Now we can go for like two to three hours, but initially it was very short chunks of time. And that's fine. I'm willing to drive the hour to the ski hill just to do 45 to an hour. Um, because within a couple of months, we're now skiing to, down together separately alongside each other. And it's amazing. Uh, the last thing I'll say is if you're a parent that wor is worried about the chairlift, then... Um, don't be. They slow it down. They're really helpful. They're used to kids getting on and off the lift. If you're worried on the lift, hold the back of their jacket. But yeah, it's really not a big deal. Um, I, yeah, I've got to say that. I've seen more adults take tumbles trying to get on the, on the chairlift. So yeah, where we are, it's very easy. They have a box. 
they, the child gets put on the box. You kind of lift them up and put them there. Um, and then the lifty, lift attendant is there to help them. And if there's any issues, they'll just stop the lift. But they slow it down to a very slow speed. So don't worry about the lift. And getting off the lift, you'll figure it out. Again, they will slow it down for you. Um, and the one thing about our ski hill, some people say it's not the best ski hill to start on because it's, there's not much easy terrain. But what happens is they get very good very quickly. Um, so I would always choose the more challenging terrain. Um, and yeah, and before you know it, within a couple of months, you'll be surprised. But put the work in, keep it fun. And um, yeah, you'll be amazed the bonding experience that it gives you with your kid too. Um, and I've really noticed that with my youngest. And um, we're both boys. You know, it's a it's an amazing way that we've come together. Um, whether it be in a storm, bluebird skies, it's just such a good experience to be in this sort of, yeah, more challenging terrain with your kid. Get them out of the house and go and have some fun. That's all I got for now. Um, so yeah, it, I'll be off skiing tomorrow with my boy. Um, we usually get two days a week. So we have Friday this week and then Sunday and three weeks left of the ski season and then we'll be dusting the bikes off so yeah we're going to make most of it this weekend next week i'll be joined by nathan from dad advocates so make sure you check in and if you haven't already done so then subscribe so you don't miss out and we'll see you next time thanks for listening and if you enjoyed the show please do share and subscribe and leave a rating or an even better, a review, wherever you listen to your podcast. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram at Dab Without Borders, and a full list of episodes can be found at dabwithoutborders.com. Thanks for supporting the show, and we'll see you next time.